25 years in broadcast audio and video production, our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network, your voice is now heard. Angelscapes is your direct connection to finding your soul's power and wisdom. Hosts Nancy Smith and Mary Dalva are here in this interactive show that will explore the tools and steps you can take to create peace, calm, and confidence in your life. So please welcome your hosts of Angelscapes, Nancy and Mary. Has your body talked back to you? Maybe get up and go, got up and went. And have you ever even asked your body how it felt? And what was its answer back to you? Hello, this is Angels Angelscapes, and I'm your host, Smith, with co-host Mary Dalba. In this episode, we're welcoming guest Dr. Deb Arthur of Mindful Mobility Coach. Deb has been a teacher and a coach in the wellness, wellness fitness for about 25 years. Her experience in athletes, athletic coaching, college professor. She's also a Reiki master, a personal trainer, and a health coach. Through the years, she has explored a deepened understanding of wellness of wellness in the human body, completing her level one Traeger training. She also studied the work, the work of Feldenkrais today, which I would ask her about. Today, <laughs> as a mindful mobility coach, she incorporates and integrates her knowledge and experience to help clients reduce body discomfort in ways that are safe and gentle and improve mobility and strength through greater awareness muscle and movement patterns and find a greater ease and flow in the body and self. And there's something real special that also does that makes her a really good guest for us to have on Angelscapes. Um, and so I want to welcome her, and then I'm going to ask her to tell us that special thing that she does. Welcome, Deb. Thanks for coming on the, coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, the thing that is amazing, amazing with your work is you also teach people to listen, listen to their bodies. And you have come, come across some amazing phenomena that's happening when you're training them um, to, to do different structures. Um, um, their bodies tell them something. Can you talk, talk about that a little bit? Um, sure. So when I work with people, I always come from the perspective of body and movement, muscles, um, stretch, strength, and all that kind of stuff. What I found in my experience is that when people are in that place of movement and exploring movement and their muscles, they get really tuned into themselves. And a lot of times, um, things will emerge, thoughts, feelings that, so I don't even have to address that. We're staying with the body and things they'll tell me, oh, I just had this memory, or that reminds me of when I hurt my hip or when I was in the car accident or whatever. It brings forth those thoughts and feelings as if they've been kind of locked up in the body. Mm -hmm. I do want to emphasize though that I 
start from the body because I feel like that's more authentic and organic. I don't say to somebody, search through your body to find where your feelings and experiences are. I start from body and allow things to emerge as they're meant to or they're comfortable. Is that what you're yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah, that, okay. yeah, that that's true, true. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so we're, so we're, we're able shows that we've been talking about the, the mind connection and and uh, and um, the, I, to bring that out more and with you in the show you seem to have an expertise in there because you've worked with so many worked with so many um you had this wonderful story where you talk about this fellow who had frozen shoulder um oh and and you who, and I, I i did a so i said to him I want you to, you know, he had it in his right shoulder. And I said, I just want you to lift your left arm up, let it float over your head, and then let your arm come back down. And I said, now I want you to um, try to do that with your right arm. And so, of course, when he lifted his right arm, he couldn't lift it above shoulder level. It hurt too much. So he put it back down. And I said, now I want you to close your eyes. And is this what the story you're talking about, Nance? Yeah. Okay. And now I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine that you're moving your right arm up and down very slowly, imagining it feels just like the left arm feels and allow that right arm to float up over your head in your mind and do that three times, just imagining it. And so he did that and I sat there quietly and then I said, okay, now I want you to raise your right arm. And he did, and it floated right up over his head. And he looked at me like I was some crazy woman. But I said, that's your nervous system for you right there. So imagining the movement can really help with the, the flow. And it's just interesting, too, because he just saw it as a physical restriction, which it was, but there's that brain-body uh, awareness that he developed just through the imagination that allowed him to move allowed his arm to float past where he thought it could go. Well, that's really amazing. You were saying you were you had uh, to me before about that about that brain connection. Um could you talk a little bit more about that? About the brain body connection? Yeah and how you know what's really yeah. what's so well what's fascinating about the brain body connection is that there's always a brain body connection. And we think that it's something we have to develop, but if you really think about the body we have a brain, a spinal cord, and a nervous system, correct? Nerves that go throughout the whole body. So every thought, every experience, every, our, everything our brain registers gets is connected into our body as well. It's not like there's a cutoff point, like our brain's up here and our body's down there, which is often how we behave or how we view ourselves. There's a constant integrated loop between the brain innervating the body and between and the body informing the brain. So it's a constant loop. And it's really just about becoming aware and conscious of that because we do a lot of things subconsciously. Mm -hmm. We all do. Um, can I jump in, Nance? Is that okay? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So Deb, I was telling Nancy about the story um, that I had been working out a lot. Um, this was before COVID. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And, uh, I was on the treadmill and I've been doing a lot of like walking slash like moving, you know, running, I guess you could say. And, you know, in the middle of that, um, 
I was doing my regular thing and I started to cry. Like I started to get this sobbing and I, um, it, it shocked me. Honestly, it shocked me because I was doing the same movements I always did. I was, you know, I plugged in the, the stuff on the treadmill. I threw on some music. I did the same thing, but all of a sudden that moment, I was just like, why am I crying? Like, what is this? So do you find that people, um, you know, do we go through the motions? Do we not pay attention? Like what, what all of a sudden makes your mind kind of connect there and go, Oh, this is what this is. You know, I'm curious if you, you have, know, there, there, there could have been, I don't know what the experience was that you're crying about, but there could have been an association between running, walking and whatever that experience was that brought that connection forward for you. Um, we do, there is research out there about the power of movement in helping people to learn and process and think, you know, and now we have kids sitting in desks all day at school, but they're actually movement allows the, the thought process, the brain to work more mm -hmm. efficiently. It's really pretty amazing how much brain research has been out there since I think probably the nineties. Um, so there could be something about that as well, where when we're, you're moving, it sort of allows that freedom mm -hmm. um, of thought to process. Does that sound, do you understand? I do, I do, because I did a lot of thinking on the <laughs> on the treadmill too. And I just, um, but it was really surprising. And that's what, um, you know, Nancy and I were talking about when we were looking at the mind-body connection. We both had this experience where something released from our from our body that was mental. And I don't, think a lot of us acknowledge that our body can hold so much um yeah and you you know i don't know if we pay attention to it other than like in a physical i'm gonna go walk i'm gonna go run i'm gonna go lift weights whatever but you know sometimes when we're trying to sort through a mental process our bodies have to be involved right i mean oh, absolutely that's, yeah see see my my philosophy or my perspective is that everything that we are lives in body so who we are as a soul on the planet in this life lives in this body is deeply integrated into this tissue. So our thoughts, our feelings, um, and, and all our experiences we have in this life are all integrated into this body. So we are, we are not parts. We are a completely, in, completely integrated being. Mm -hmm. I, I think you allowed yourself through movement. You just allowed your your brain and your body to process something that was perhaps caught somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, if that sounds so woo woo, but no, but it's I, mean, I guess we are woo woo to a point. But but it's it there is something to releasing tissue and thus releasing thought because I um, another story I have is with somebody who I was doing uh, this gentle stretching with, and I was assisting her in the stretching. We were trying to open up her hip. And it's, this is not something that happens in one day. This was a process in working with her. And we weren't trying to get into emotional stuff at all. We were just working on releasing this discomfort she had in her hip. And she felt, she went, oh, I just felt something let go. And so gently put her back down, her hip back down on the floor. And tears just bawling and it was the sense that something was caught in there and it when we opened it up it allowed that flow of feeling and thought to open too it was very powerful yeah i was gonna say you must see some incredible healing through that you know around you know all around um which might surprise some people <laughs> 
you know that that's happening. It it does, and um, for to get to that place, as you guys know, as healers, you know that person, you have to get to a place of where that person really trusts you too, mm -hmm. and they know I'm not going in and digging on their psyche. You know, we're 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 working on getting them more connected to their bodies, and and so I've already been working with them and holding space with them, right? So it's they know it's safe. Mm -hmm. That's really important. You guys know you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, you create yeah. that safe place where now you we you we talk of um your talking points. You um talk about um when you're healing, you know, you first you have to start in the body. You said that earlier, and it's about sensing your body, not thinking about your body, but it's also also about learning to body. And, learning and, to um, um, your body, your body, your body's let you down. You like the guy with the frozen shoulder, his shoulder let him down. Somebody who couldn't, couldn't, you know, ever has an injury, their body let them down. So what would be some of your steps to help someone trust their body again? You know, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a process. Um, and so a lot of times people come to me because they have some sort of pain or they're coming to me because they want to get stronger, but they have like their knee bothers them, their hip bothers them, their back bothers them. And just that pain creates a distrust in their body. So if you can, so if I can get them to a place of knowing how to release that discomfort and move in a way that supports their, their physical system rather than um, aggravating that pain anymore, they start to trust like, oh, you mean I can do this myself. I can trust that I can walk down the street without my knee hurting. So, you know, I can start to trust my body little by little. The, the challenge in our culture is that when we have pain, um, our first thought is to, you know, go to the doctor, which sometimes we have to. I'm not telling people not to do that. But, excuse me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go ahead and finish. Oh. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor, but what but, you, but but as you get more tuned into how your body works, how it moves, um, and you can intuit it a bit better, then you can understand. Okay, you know what? I know what I can do for myself here, and no, wait a minute, I better go get some outside help. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're gonna um, take a quick break okay. here. Here, this is um, Angelscapes with Nancy Smith and Mary Dalba with, with our guest Deb Arthur, and we're talk a little bit more um, about what she does for mindful mobility and, for, and trusting and then what are the next steps after trusting we'll be right we'll be right back what if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair what if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against parkinson's disease Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy easysense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation 
radio show host and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse. Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And welcome back. This is Angel Scapes. I'm your host, Nancy Smith, with Mary Dalba and our special guest, Deb Arthur, who is a mindful mobility coach. And we were just talking about um, before the break is trust, learning to trust, trust your body again. And and sometimes, um, sometimes um, people, as you get older, elderly, elderly, don't trust anymore because they've let them down. They they fallen or, or something like. That. It feels like there's a just, just things locked up body, like secrets, like we're not going to do this anymore. And and uh, what were your thoughts on that, Mary? Do, do you... Well, I was just curious. That we were talking on the break about, um, you know, what uh, secrets the body holds. So you had this really great quote um, that I would love to talk about. So in, when you guys, when you wrote about this on Facebook, we talked about the, the body has secrets. And we're going to talk about that. So I wrote that a secret is only a secret as long as we are not conscious of it. So once we be, we make what's subconscious conscious, it's no longer a secret. And there's the path to trusting our bodies again. Um, I, do you have another question? You want me to keep going? No, going. What? So what's the path? <laughs> well, you know, the, the this is what the path is about: feeling and sensing your body and not thinking it. So if I say to you, okay, I want you to think about using your stomach muscles. Well, you you might be able to go right to that, but for the most part, what I have found is people have to feel what that means. So if we say you're going to use your core so you don't fall when you're walking, well, what does that what does that feel like? What does that mean? So you can't think your body; you have to feel and sense your body, and it's a process of steps, and they have to be small steps. So I can't just tell you to do crunches if you can't if you don't have the sense of how to be in your abdominals, for example but I can teach you how to do small contractions, get into those muscles. How do we isolate? What does it feel like to use those muscles? And that's really my big focus. I do have a um, somebody I've been working with who um, was having trouble with not falling and um, went to get some help from a doctor and he recommended walking sticks which are great, but then I started working with her and just step by step, we just started getting her to, it, I mean, I could go through the whole curriculum, but it's basically, you know, I taught her stretching and I taught her, uh, we incorporate some Feldenkrais work for release, but it's a step-by-step -step of stretch, release, and then what muscles do we need to use in order to feel upright? How do we get into the muscles of the back of our body? How do, 
those are things that we don't all always think about. And I think so. some people need the um, the muscle memory to replace the old memory, right? So you have people like this person who is falling, they have this old muscle memory of I fall, but now like you're helping them create a new muscle memory, right? And that's possible, it sounds like. It is possible. So um, this is where the work of Moshe Feldenkrais comes in a bit because he talks about, uh, he, he was pretty much did his work 50s, 60s, 70s. He died in the mid 80s. He was um, probably one of the pioneers of the mind-body connection, like brain plasticity. And he even said that he wasn't looking to, and he worked with the body um, and created a whole series of movements, which actually also work with the nervous system. But he always said, one of his quotes is, I'm not here to create flexible bodies, I'm here to create flexible minds. Mm -hmm. Because he realized that we had to work with the nervous system in order to work with the body. So, but the premise of a lot of his work is that we have habits of movement that have been created throughout our life basically because of, it could be from a trauma or just cultural uh, experiences, just life experiences, um, injuries, you know, all sorts of things can shift how we move in our body and it creates a new habit and we think that's normal. So what had happened to this person and what happens to a lot of us, she also had an injury and um, fell and stuff. You don't always know which comes first, but, um, but, we had to we had to rewire her habits so that she could move in a way that where she felt strong and safe and she could flow in her walking stride. So it's a it's a literally a rewiring in the body, reminding the body of his options for movement, but at the same time you're rewiring your brain. Does that make sense? One, one example I just want to share. We've been together, Deb, was you're you're teaching me to use my um, um abdominal muscles yeah abdominal uh, muscles yeah i there are certain things that i have couldn't do and then you had me push my muscle out you remember that mm -hmm, i do all of a sudden i was eight years old and my mold and my mom would pull my stomach in because i looked fat and and it's just all these dominoes dominoes into places where i haven't been able to to work my abs well since since i was a little kid you you spent a lot of time talk about that so well, so there's a couple of things, and you can tell me if I'm addressing what you want me to address, but um, when it comes to the physiology of a muscle, if you think about it, if you're always holding that muscle in, you're always contracting it. Muscles don't want to always be contracted. They can't do their job if they're always locked up. Muscles want to be able to lengthen, they want to be able to relax, and they want to be able to shorten, depending on the movement that you're doing. So if your muscles always locked up, now it, it really does has nowhere to go. It can't do its job. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So there's that mm -hmm. physiological piece. Um, but then also it's kind of like what I was asking Mary, when you're on the treadmill, is there an association between running, moving your legs and this experience, you know, or, you know, or is it something else for you? The experience was specifically about you should hold your stomach in. So when you let it go, you're like, uh oh, mom's not gonna like that. No, no. <laughs> right. Or, <laughs> but you also realize that was such a natural thing for you. 
So there's two things happening. There's a physiology of the muscle, but there's also the association of your experience with that part of your body. Right, right. It can, right. It can culture a little bit about the cultural um, uh, demands on what a woman should do or what a woman do or how we feel being a woman and a woman and a woman's, oh, we use our muscles unconsciously in a, in a way that's, that's not good for us. Well, the pelvis is... The pelvis is so primary. Like getting people to flow in the pelvis is a key part of what I do because when we lock up our pelvis, we we the, our our pelvis is the core of our movement patterns. It's also where our root chakra is. So when we lock that up, we lock ourselves up energetically, but we also lock up our movement patterns, and we create all sorts of problems. We we create knee problems, we create hip problems, back problems because. The hip, the pelvis is meant to flow and rotate. And so when we lock that up for a variety of reasons, a lot of times emotional. Um, so it can be a pretty tough part of the body to work on, but it's such an important part of the body for us all to really tune into. And, and this isn't necessarily about sex. And I think that's where people go when they think about the pelvis. This is about your mobility and your movement and your flow and also feeling grounded on the planet. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That was a doozy. Thank you. Powerful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think sometimes we just push our bodies really hard. And I, I think that's, um, True. Or, yeah, I think maybe sometimes it's, it's us trying to push ourselves through like a, an emotional experience. And we don't realize um, how we're treating our body. I think that's a lot of... Um, you know, we, we learn to live with pain. Like, I think a lot of us just learn to live with pain. Like you said, we go to the doctor and, you know, so it's, it's, um, must, people must leave your place really feeling some freedom because, you know, everything that couldn't help work before now is working, you know, yeah. with you. It's, so, um, it's, it's why I keep doing it. You know, I, it's so, it's so, it's my passion. It's so wonderful, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it definitely is a process. And people have to want to do it, want to go there. Um, the the part that that I wanted to attend to to what you were saying, Mary, is um, that we don't pay attention. We don't pay attention all the time to we, we people who feel a lot of chronic pain. I can you can understand why they push it aside. They don't want to feel it anymore. But what happens that builds what builds on that is now we change how we move, so we create more pain. And then we start to hate our body. We think, you know, my body's out to get me. It's, it's, it, you know, it's not my friend. And this is so not true. Your, your body is you, you live in there and your body really is your friend. It just wants to be heard. So pain is, and of course it depends on the pain and I, I'm not invalidating anything here, but it, pain is our opportunity to attend to what our body's telling us. Oh, wow. It's very different than no, than no pain, no gain. So talk a little bit, a little bit about that opportunity to listen to your, listen to your body. Um, how does somebody do that? Do well, that? well and, and it's interesting you said no pain, no gain. That's like been in the fitness industry because I've been in the fitness industry too, as you know, and that's been in the fitness industry forever. I keep thinking it's going to go away. And, and it has to a point, like now we talk about behavior change and we talk about mobility and stuff like that, but there still is this, like, 
we, you got to push, you got to push, you know? And I'm like, we're not training for the Olympics here, people. It's okay. But, um, well, some people are, but, um, (laughs) but there's, and then there's also the other concept we hear all the time, mind over matter. Mm -hmm. That one drives me crazy. It's like, we, we have to, we have to surpass our body. Our mind is stronger than our body. Well, we're just doing ourselves such a huge disservice. Cause like, if, if we're not listening, we're not taking, we're not seeing that pain or that discomfort in our body as an opportunity to make a change, then we're only making ourselves more uncomfortable. We're only limiting our mobility and our ability to function in daily life. We're making it even more challenging. And we're also not feeling very good about ourselves, are we? No. Huh? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to um, quickly take a break. And when we come back, I want to go more and more in, deeper into this, um, okay. this concept of this or this misconcept or this myth around pain and, and, um, and uh, being productive within your body. Uh, but anyway, this is um, Nancy. This is Angel Skates with Nancy Smith and Mary Dalba, and uh, we're with our special with our special guest Deb R. And um, Deb, how can people can people reach you if they want? Um, my website is mindfulmobilitycoach.com. Um, they can email me at deb at mindfulmobilitycoach.com. Yeah, and also you're on just just Deb R. I'm on, on Facebook, Facebook too. Just I'm on Facebook. Like, yep. like, right, there. right. So. We're going to take a break now. We'll be right back. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Welcome back. This is Angel Scapes with... 
Nancy Smith and Mary Dalba with our special guest, Deb Arthur. We were, we left off talking about pain, and while we are on break, we're asking, asking, how did you do this work? It's, it's a great story, so story, so maybe um, start there and then segue back, way back into pain. Would you get into this um, um, coaching, this mindful mobility? So it definitely has been a process over the years, but I, I at one point early on in my life was a, um, a an athlete, a competitive athlete, and I trained for a national team in rowing. And rowing's probably one of, the, I mean, I've done different sports. I would say rowing is probably one of the more painful sports I've been in. So you learn to disconnect from your body. You learn to go, you know, you trained it. We did all this work body, you do it. I'm gonna go out to lunch well, you push because it hurts a lot. So um, I think once I wasn't doing that anymore and I was starting to teach, you know, I was coaching and I was training people, I and just working with people with injuries and, and my own discomforts in my body, I just started to realize that we really needed to connect and not disconnect. Because when we disconnected, which I did when I was rowing and ended up hurting my back, by the way, because you're not paying attention you're just pushing so it just sort of sent me in that direction of wait a minute we need to do this together we need to do this uh, mind and body together we can't separate um i also think that uh, part of what happened with me too is that i was an athlete and then i went to grad school and i got my doctorate and i was doing all this sort of academic stuff and um and then i got into reiki and I became, and I trained with Reiki teachers and I became a Reiki master. And one day I'm like, okay, so like I got all this academic stuff. I've been an athlete and now I'm doing energy healing. What the heck? So I thought it was the process of bringing all that together also um, kind of informed my path of realizing that they actually all went together. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You made a, a a comment earlier about pain, and you you didn't want to, um, and you and you had you actually went out of your body, you went to heaven, and ignored, and then hurt your back. <laughs> um, and that's, that's what we all do. And you don't you don't you don't want to minimize somebody's experience of I pain. Don't. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, pain is a, you know, and of course there's levels to pain, right? There's uh, there's levels to pain, but pain is not a simplistic one dimensional thing. I mean, it's about, um, it could be a injury. It could be trauma. It, it, and there's whether, whatever, whatever the source of it, it, there's so many levels to it. There's fear and emotion. And so I don't mean to make it sound like I work with people. I teach them how to stretch. They don't have pain anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a process and a journey um, I always start people with, let's figure out what feels best to you. Where, where, can, where are you least feeling the pain in terms of like how you position yourself or how you move? Let's find, let's find the low pain points in your movement and let's start with that. What feels good? Where's the flow? So, but I didn't want to, I didn't want, because we were having that conversation, I didn't want to minimize. It's not like I'm saying pain is like this simple thing. It's very, it's very complex and it's very dependent on the individual's pers uh, perspective and experience. Yeah. I didn't want to sound like I was being simplistic about it. No, no, it's, we, we know that, Deb, we know that. I, it's okay. a, it's a comp, it, it seems like a, um, an, an amazing process, but complicated. It takes time, you know, and that's, I think sometimes we don't want to take the time because then we're really going to get into things 
you know, in our bodies and our minds. And so I think that's, um, you know, it, there's that athlete mentality of like, you know, mind over matter, but then also for us just in life, I think that's a lot of our, you know, push it aside, keep moving, keep doing it. And, um, so stiff we're upper lip. stiff up a lip. We're trained like yeah, that. We're, we're trained in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, an example I have, this is a, this was not a complex, um, traumatic pain for this person. He just had a, a, a chronic pain in his elbow and he went to, he went to doctors and he went to acupuncture. He did everything. And he said, I've tried everything. Nothing's helping my elbow. And I'm like, well, I can help you get into the specific muscles, but I, you know, I'm not sure what we can do. Um, and then he was pausing during it. We were doing a workout and he paused and he picked up his water bottle. And as he picked up his water bottle, he lifted his elbow up to drink the water bottle. You can't see me. I'm like lifting my elbow here. But, um, and I said to him, I said, does that hurt your elbow? And he said, yes. And I said, well, why are you doing it? (laughs) (laughs) But I think he just had the pain for so long. He didn't even notice. I said, so you need to notice what are the movements you're doing that create the pain. You need to tune into that. So you can also know what are the movements I'm doing that don't create the pain, but that's about, that's about being conscious. And that's about trusting that your body is telling you something. It's not just being a pain in the butt <laughs> or the elbow. Yeah. Or you're not just getting old. That's the thing I always say. I'm like, oh, oh that pain, I'm getting old, crazy. you know. No, no. <laughs> yeah. no. no. Uh, I know, really. <laughs> I, I hate that answer. Oh, you're just getting old. Yeah. Okay. No, no. It's fine. I'm 29 again every year. So. <laughs> 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 you have to, you know. Yeah, I have yeah. to say with everything that I've learned, I have less, I mean, I have to stretch and I have to do my exercises and keep myself fluid for sure. But you know what? So do 30 year olds. I mean, it does. It, it, but anyways, so, but I have to say that I probably, I have less pains than I did 10 years ago, just because, you know, I become this body I mean, my exercises and keep Yeah. Oops, what was that? I'm sorry. There's a little loop there, there. Yeah. yeah, but that's, yeah, that's good to, you know, I think people need to know, even as you get older, you know, you think your body is starting to break down as you get older, but if you're paying attention to it, you can keep it fluid, it sounds like, for a long time. Well, yeah, the client that I was talking about who walks beautifully now, who was having, was using, the, she still sometimes takes her walking sticks with her, but she walked for me the other day. I couldn't even believe she's sitting back into her using the back of her body as well as the front of her body. Her stride is longer and she's in her um, mid seventies. Wow. So, so that whole concept that, you know, when you're old, it's all over. That's a, that's a mindset we need to shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like I said, 29 again. So that's where I'm staying. <laughs> Hey, you're in, I don't know how old you are, but hey, it's all about the wisdom years, baby. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like that, the wisdom years, baby. I'm writing that down right now. Famous <laughs> <laughs> <Davis> quotes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you have uh, given a couple examples of of clients and clients and coming to you. It's with start. Somebody's coming, coming to you um, with a pain in the elbow, in the elbow or the walking. Um, and you said you start with the body, but how does that, what does that look like to start with the body? So um, if they're in, a, it depends on the level of pain they're in, but if they're in a lot of pain, I'm like, well, let's lay down. 
and let's, I want you to show me the movements that feel good. You know, what, what feels safe to you? So it's always about starting there. So, so here's another Feldenkrais premise. You always start with what's easy. So if it's really easy to stretch out your hamstring when your back's bothering you, that's what we're going to start. So we start with what's easy and then we explore now what's easy. And now what's easy? What it, the mindset in the world of exercise is always like push it, push beyond, stretch beyond. And that actually does not work well for the body. It does not work well for the body. And we need to shift that perspective because the body responds much better if we start with what's easy and then gradually make it a little bigger. Mm-hmm. So I always start people with what's easy and then we move to the next thing. Um, it, you know, depend. everybody in my perspective, from my perspective, needs to understand how to be in their pelvis and also how do all the muscles of your body work? Because when we're doing movements, a lot of times we'll be doing a movement where we're mostly using our lower body and then we're tightening up our shoulders. I mean, think about the way we drive, right? You really only need your feet to hit the gas and the brake and move your arms a little bit to move the steering wheel. But you ever notice where your shoulders are? Are they up in your ears? I mean, so, you know, or, or are they just yeah. tense? Are you holding on? So just starting to becoming aware of your muscles in your body. And I always come from the muscle perspective for the most part, but being aware of what muscles you need to use in a movement and what muscles you don't need to use becomes a really important part of helping people to heal from pain because it it's now we're starting to simplify letting the rest of the body flow so we can isolate where the pain is too. We're not creating more discomfort throughout the whole body. Yeah. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Yeah, oh, <laughs> totally, totally. You can tell that you really, you know, are very dedicated to this work, Deb, because you're, you're talking about it so passionately. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I call myself a body nerd. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, you have your doctorate and, you know, you, you could do go do the, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, this is what I want to do. This is I do this because I want to do it. Right. So you're doing you're, you're making some great headway and breakthroughs with people. Is there a way that you can share this more people or you have so many you have so many stories? <laughs> Yeah, you know what, my my next steps are to create more group work because what I find sometimes is I work within, you know, sometimes it needs to be one-on-one because it's a specific issue that, you know, we need to sort of journey with this specific issue. But I would love to, to get more, a little more global with it. So I'm working with groups of people. And so we can start from the beginning and go through the whole process of, muscle awareness, muscle movement awareness, um, so that more people can learn. And yeah, it's also because sometimes I, after the third person, I'm like, didn't I already say this? I gotta say this again, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't know it, so I, I pretend it's not, I'm not repeating myself, this is fresh. <laughs> no, but, but so there's, there's an advantage to working with groups too, so that you're saying it to everybody at once too. But so that's my next, goal. It's just challenging when I, you've been working, when I've been working one-on-one for so long to like, now, how do I make this a group setting? So that's what I'm working on. Yeah. I I think it's pretty amazing that, that like, just, um, you know, when I was taking yoga, 
Like that was one of the things, like I always had to worry about kind of having my shoulders near my ears. And it's always made me very conscious of like when I'm tightening up and I have to bring my shoulders down. So do you find there's certain places that people really need to kind of be aware of, you know, mine's my shoulders. Like I know that they're up over my head sometimes. Right. Um, and you know, you know, what's interesting about shoulders, Mary. So when, when people raise their shoulders up or when people have tight shoulders, what do people tell you to do? They tell you to drop your shoulders, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, only helpful to a point because if I tell you to drop your shoulders, you're still focused on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. So you're still sending all those brain firings to your shoulders. And so what I really want you to do is I want you to get into those big back muscles that pull your shoulder blades down. So, so a lot of times that means we have to actually loosen up the, the back muscles. So I'm talking about the big back muscles more in the mid to upper back, not the lower back, the ones that move the shoulder blades huh mm -hmm. oh. yeah you know I, we need to take another break okay um but i when we come back we'll we'll talk about you okay. know maybe the top couple of pointers to, okay. to be help you be, help you be aware of. so this is angel scapes with uh, nancy Smary daba or with deb arthur who you can find on facebook at deb arthur and and our and mindful mobility coach mindfully coach dot <laughs> com yeah. Mindful Mobility Coach. Um, well, no, but that's my Facebook page too. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. or Mindful Mobility, something like that. Okay. <laughs> I'm really good with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll say it again when we come back. We'll okay. Come back. You got it. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses and death, the time is now to have a real conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. And welcome back. This is Angel Skates, and I'm your host, Nancy Smith, with co-host Mary Dalba. We're with our special guest, Deb Ar Off 
Arthur, Arthur. I went with the Mindful Mobility Coach. Let me tell you her, her web, website again, URL, mindfulmobilitycoach.com. And uh, you use those words on on Facebook, Mindful Mobility, and you can also look for Deb, Deb Arthur on Facebook. Please do use her as as they reach out to her. You know what? We have many, many people that come in and tools and, and wonderful opportunities for you guys to improve your, improve your life or help you understand another aspect of your life that you hadn't thought of. But this is our last segment. Deb, what, would, what were some pointers or some gems you to give us? us? Well, we were just talking about um, how Mary was saying that a lot of her tensions in her shoulders and there definitely are um, stretches and movements you can do to release the shoulders. There's a, there's some good Feldenkrais for releasing the shoulders too, Feldenkrais movements. But what I teach people that have challenges with their shoulders is also how to get into those big back muscles. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be, sometimes when we focus on the thing we're trying to relax, we end up turning it on more. Mm-hmm. So some, what we need to do is get you into those back muscles that actually pull the shoulder blades down and allow the shoulders to come down. Yeah. Um, definitely work in the pelvis is so important just for um, our overall movement patterns. Um, and I can't hold the shirt up because people can't see me, but I have a shirt that my daughter made me and it says, it's all about the booty. <laughs> because I had a client that's like, you have to make shirts or I'm gonna make it. So I haven't made the shirts, I have one, <laughs> but it's, uh, because I teach people it's all about getting into those glute muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an awareness that, you know, it's funny because young women are so into having big butts now, mm-hmm. but I, I'd say that most of the people I work with do not have a sense of how to be in their glute muscles and their gluteus maximus, largest and strongest muscle in the body. Um, I mean, basically my premise is that we get tuned into our body and how it works and how it moves and to getting it feeling good and flowing and finding ease. And that is our best pathway to feeling strong and feeling powerful. Um, you, you can't have strength when, if you're all tight and, and discom- uncomfortable. So f- flow and ease is the best pathway to power and strength. And our body is, 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 is us. We live in here. We need to take care of it. And we need to see any discomforts or any pain or um, as, as an opportunity to listen. Yeah. I love that because it, it, it changes the mindset right there that it's an opportunity, not, you know, something that's going to restrict you. Yeah, a punishment. That again, great word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your body's your friend and pays an opportunity to listen to your body. Imagine it. When have I heard that? Never, never. <laughs> no, no, never. No. Never. Yeah. Well, I think it, like we were talking. I just think people are so, um, you know, I have to push through that we don't give ourselves the space to to explore. I mean, I think that must be shocking to some people sometimes when they can't explore their body mm-hmm. and what's what they're feeling. It's, it's interesting to me how it's almost like in some ways, and you guys can tell me if you disagree, but sometimes I feel like almost connecting into our bodies almost taboo in some ways. Like it's too scary. It's too, I mean, we, we have emotions that live, even neuroscientists know this now that our emotions live in our body. And that's a whole nother topic. I realize. I mean, it's related, but that would be another segment probably. But, um, but the, what we feel does live in our body 
and we process it obviously through our brain. But um, but we we it, it's just so interesting to me how we take our body to the gym and then we go home. And it's like we're done with it. it. Our body's not our car. We don't take it for an oil change and then park it in the driveway. I mean, our, we're always in this body and it's always part of who we are. And I think that unfortunately, I mean, I think that it would be so, to me, it'd be so beautiful if everybody could get to a place where they don't judge and they just really tune into what is what they're sensing and what their body's telling them. It's where you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think if we're having um, like body image issues, that's that's probably another reason why we cut ourselves off. Yeah. Because you know I don't like how my body looks. I don't like how it feels. I can't move the same way. You know whatever. And and um, yeah, it's I think the body image that's another thing that we just cut off. So we're very very judgmental of ourselves. And well, and it and it doesn't help in the way that you know the media portrays the human body or how it's you know we're supposed to dress it up and make it look pretty and. Gosh, if you get older, what did you do wrong? You know, what's wrong with you? You can't get older. It's like you should be ashamed of yourself. It's, I mean, I, I have people that don't like their feet. So you know what I tell them to do? Massage their feet. Get to know your feet. Because, because judgments on what we look like are really based on cultural perspective. Yeah. But yeah, body, body image, self-image is a, is a, is a huge one. Um, and a lot of that just comes, it's just, you know, there's some cultures where women that have extra weight on them are considered very beautiful. And then there's our culture where you're supposed to be thin. So it's beauty is in the eyes of the culture. It's true. It's true. But if we can get to that place of sensing and really honoring our body and listening to it, it can help you with eating. It can help you with moving. It can help you with understanding discomfort and pain and, and hopefully getting to a place of remedying it. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 Very good. Wise, wise. Um, <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> wise guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not 29, so. <laughs> Deb, neither am I. <laughs> really? I don't know. Even I think it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's you know, and I'll be very proud. I'm turning fifty this year, so yay! Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Well, but this discussion tonight, I think, has helped so much as far as like how we how we look at our bodies as we get older. You know, we're all we're all you know ticking up. So it's like, how do we just honor our body as we go through these different you know, stages of our lives. So, so important. Yeah. I agree. That is really important. And, um, and, and, and how can, you know, uh, Moshe Feldenkrais was 84 when he died, but in his, in his early eight, it, it, up until the time he died, he was still teaching. Oops. Oh. He was still Go teaching ahead. and he was still showing people how to stand up out of a chair with no problem. And, you know, so, I, I mean, I have a lot of clients that are older that move beautifully, but yeah. Yeah. It's because they're paying attention. They're paying I'm attention. Gonna suggest, suggest to everybody look up at mindfulmobilitycoach.com. You know, get in contact with her, ask her questions, or um, see if she's, she's free. She does 
work with me on the internet um, through Zoom and yeah. so remotely. Um, and who knows, maybe you'll be able to do something that you never thought you'd be able to do again. <laughs> and I really, really, um, but a sense of well-being, well-being has to do your whole body as well as your mind as your spirit and your emotions. So taking care of your body, like, like Deb says, it's where we, it's where we love where you live. <laughs> Yeah, I love where you live. Love where you live. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna say good. Any last thing you want to say, Deb? I like the love where you live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fabulous. And remember, your body is your friend and not your enemy. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So we'll we'll see you um, next episode. Maybe Deb will come back for us one more time. One more time. Oh, sure. Talk a little bit about um, language. But um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful episode. Thank you so much. And thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 This has been Angelscapes. Tune in each week as Nancy and Mary discuss ideas, tips, and lessons to help you receive divine love, joy, and soul power in your life. You can discover the powerful being you really are right here on Angelscapes with your hosts, Nancy and Mary. Ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.